Welcome to Make a Yacht News Radio, the first and longest running podcast series dedicated to the large yacht industry. Hosted by Diane Byrne, the editor of MegaYachtNews.com, we feature conversations with engaging and inspiring people in yachting, from shipyard CEOs to designers, from yacht managers to young entrepreneurs, and yes, even owners. You'll learn how they got into yachting, how they're building better businesses, and especially how they're helping people like you Get more enjoyment out of the yachting lifestyle. Welcome, everyone. If you read media other than yachting magazines and websites, and surely you do, you've likely seen more than a few headlines and stories chronicling gossipy details about super yacht owners' lives, giving the impression that people who buy these yachts are hoarding their wealth, have no empathy for the rest of society, and essentially live like Thurston Howell III from Gilligan's Island did before he got shipwrecked. Now, as a journalist, I certainly appreciate attention-grabbing headlines, but I also appreciate that there is way more to the story than a stereotype. So too does the Super Yacht Life Foundation. Its mission is to change the conversation around super yachting, showing what really goes on with lots of different owners and their families, plus the companies that are making these yachts possible. Joining me today to explain all of this are Dylan Sarek, the marketing manager for the foundation, and Charlotte Thomas, the editor-in-chief for all of their content. So Dylan and Charlotte, welcome to Mega Yacht News Radio. I'm glad to have you here today. Hi, Dan. Yeah, it's good to be here. So Dylan, for the benefit of people who have never heard about the foundation before, what is it and who's behind it? Yeah, first of all, it's really nice to be here and thank you for the invitation. Uh, Superyacht Life Foundation is a non-profit, commercially agnostic industry organization uh, on a long-term mission to change the conversation around superyachting. Um, we do this by challenging the misconceptions about superyachting and uh, improving its perception. Um, we constantly create like positive stories uh, surrounding superyachting and share the stories in our channels, like social media, newsletter, all of like forms of digital marketing. We are also currently working on a PR campaign for the mainstream media. We are um, working on two strategic events. And um, at the same time, we are trying to feed the industry with the right information through different research conducted together with the third parties. So to sum up, there are lots of uh, far-reaching good things going on in and around superyachting, and um, we are trying to bring our industry the recognition it deserves, uh, change public perceptions, and start uh, positive conversations. You know, you mentioned that there are misconceptions. What are some of the misconceptions about the owners of these yachts, and and maybe even ultra high net worth individuals at large, as well as the misconceptions about superyachting? Yeah, you already uh, actually mentioned about stereotyping, right? So lots of arguments against ultra high net worth individuals that we are facing uh, in these days. And also it was there before as well. So, for example, 
um, the ultra high net worth um, individuals, the, the, the rich people uh, doesn't care anything. Super yachting is a war of ego. The bigger is the best. Lots of things uh, around this. So the vast majority of references to super yachts we read in the mainstream media or uh, see on uh, television are uh, contrary and uh, generally um, negative. So, yeah, I mean, just look at the uh, tabloid headlines all the time and or like the very famous films like Wolf of Wall Street, uh, the new one like Triangle of Sadness, just won the Pomodorian Khan Film Festival. So we have lots of lots of examples and uh, lots of misconceptions uh, and negative sentiments actually around um, super yachting and uh, ultra high net worth individuals. Charlotte, what would you say are some of the misconceptions? Well, I, I think it sort of follows the same the same pattern really, and it, a lot of it stems from I, I think there's a disconnect between the general public and and yachting and super yachting in particular. It's one of those things that um, is perhaps less relatable than um, you know a private jet. Well, everyone flies, everyone can aspire to a private jet, um, a super fancy or you know luxury car or a hypercar. It's kind of an extension of what we already are used to and drive every day. So it becomes an aspirational thing, but. But the sort of super yachts, it, it's sort of it's encapsulated in the Bond villain who always has a you know a boat somewhere where he's trying to manipulate the world, um, and this then creates a, um, a, an image problem, if you like. It, it's a, because of that disconnect that the general public has, um, and then that's coupled to um, you know the things that sell newspapers, the big headlines, which we've sort of touched on, uh, because. Super yachts are not cheap, but they're not always super expensive. But it's the super expensive ones that get the headline. Uh, so when Jeff Bezos is reported to spend $500 million on a new yacht, then that's a big headline. And, and then the focus is on that number, which seems an obscene amount of money to most people to spend on a what is essentially a toy. That's where the misconception comes in, because, of course, uh, it's not just a toy that one person is giving another person a load of money for. There's an awful lot more to the story than that, which is what we're trying to do at the CPR Life Foundation is to is to open up the discussion about CPRing, to talk about um, all the benefits that come from it and all the people who make a living from it and, you know, ordinary people and ordinary communities that are built around this industry. You know, you just said something that was, I think, pretty noteworthy in reference to spending, say, $500 million dollars on a yacht and that there is way more to super yachting and to sizes of of these yachts too. Um, Charlotte, what would you say if you were speaking to somebody who really doesn't know anything about this industry and if you were going to try to explain to them what super yachting is and what it encompasses, what would you say in terms of the types of the boats and, and if they were curious about the cost of some of these boats maybe? Well, I, I think... Um... There's there's such a broad spectrum of what we might term CPRs, which which typically is is recorded as something over a regulatory boundary, which is around 80, 90 feet in length. So the crossover is actually quite small compared to current typical leisure boats that you see in the local marinas and that sort of thing that, that people are maybe um, less associate with a high degree of wealth, for example. So. So right at that point, you get um, the vast majority of the CPR fleet is is under 40 meters in length, which is much more accessible, is much more accessible for charter. But it still sort of encapsulates that idea of 
um, a, a really luxury environment in which an owner or charter guests or um, other people who enjoy it can can actually go off and, and really experience something. And that's what it's about. It, it's about experience. It's about interacting with, um, you know, it's not just about the glamour of the south of France and things. More and more yacht owners and charter guests are trying to get away from all that and, and actually really get involved in um, uh, sort of small communities and exploration and, and finding all these interesting places in the world. Um, and I think that, uh, uh, you know, the the top end of the shipyard industry, the, the really rarefied cloud, which is the really big boats, that the ones that get all the headlines, there's only a handful of those. It's only a handful of owners that that, that, that sort of area touches. Um, uh, and of course, from the smaller to the bigger, there's an industry around that, which, which is, um, which is critical to communities all over the world. Uh, and that stretches from, um, shipyards who employ welders and fabricators to designers to, uh, craftspeople who keep all sorts of artisanal skills alive from furniture making to leather work to, whatever it may be, uh, and so much more beyond as well. Um, I think the last numbers that we had sort of estimated that a quarter of a million people make a living from this industry, uh, which is significant, um, and the the contribution to the global economy is significant. Um, so I think that uh, uh, it, the, this little microcosm of the super industry is actually a lot bigger than people think it is. John, what would you say, what would you add to that? Yeah, most of the time, I mean, when we think about superyachts, we think about the owners only or the product itself. But there is a like whole world um, like behind this, this, this huge things and uh, the industry itself, the crew, um, the, the things that we are doing here. It's it's almost invisible, like. No one talks, no one uh, cares. And that's why we are trying to add this part of the story as well into the, um, into the, um, yeah, into the, into the uh, world. So definitely like the Supiels are not only the, the huge big vessels. First of all, uh, it starts from 24 meters and most of the like current fleas are consisting of between 24 and 30 meters. Uh, First of all, we should include those a little bit more and we should see, uh, not only the, uh, you know, like the shiny part of it, but try to understand in a, in a better and unbiased way. And just to follow up on something you just said, for those of you who are listening who aren't familiar with meters and are more familiar with feet in terms of a measurement, uh, 24 meters is roughly about 80 feet. And 30 meters is roughly about 90 or so feet. So we're talking about yachts that are truly not much larger than, like Charlotte said a, a moment ago, not much larger than the, you know, quote unquote standard yachts that you see in marinas um, in your backyard or around the world. So there was also something that both of you were touching on that I, I think is really interesting and I'd love to explore a little bit more. In all the years that I've been covering super yachting, I've met some truly amazing owners, fascinating, wonderful, generous with their time. The the adventures that they've gone on with their families and with their friends are so inspiring. It, it makes me want to, you know, hop on a plane and go to Tahiti or or go to the Galapagos and see the wildlife that they've been able to see. Um, but the thing that really always fascinates me is when they are 
giving back to the community and doing so in a very low key way. They're not sending out press releases. They're not calling a publicist or anything like that. They're just doing it because they love the communities they've been visiting. So, um, Charlotte, can you share maybe some stories about some of the owners who you've met who are doing some pretty amazing things with local communities? Yeah, I, I think this is a really important part of it because uh, a lot of CPR donors are very wealthy people, obviously, uh, but a lot of them do have their own charitable foundations, which which operate in a number of different spheres. And you think of um, um, Bill and Melinda Gates as they were, you know, um, a big charitable um, drive. Uh, but then people like Ernesto Bertarelli and the family foundation called the Bertarelli Foundation, uh, which covers a lot of different things, but because they are um, sort of avid yacht owners as a family, um, uh, ocean conservation is a very large part of, of what they do as the foundation. Um, this also goes to how owners think about designing and building and using their yachts, which uh, of which Paul Allen, the former, uh, the late uh, Microsoft co-founder, was a great example because Science and scientific research was a big part of um, how he saw the use of his yacht Octopus, um, which is uh, 400 feet odd. Um, and that's that's also true of a lot of other people. We see more and more yacht owners and their crews getting involved in citizen science projects. Um, the Fed ship yacht Archimedes uh, has been uh, collecting data continuously over the last 12 or 24 months, I think it is. And that data from all these remote places that the yacht goes to has actually helped reshape some of the climate models. Um, so there's all sorts of good stuff going on that doesn't get talked about because as with any good charitable giving, people do it because they want to help or assist rather than because they're looking for praise for it, if you like. And this also goes down to um, owners and charter guests going to uh, maybe out in the Pacific or it could be out in Indonesia or it could be anywhere else in the world where they really enjoy the places they go to. And they want to give something back to those little island communities, whether it's helping with a community centre or building a little library or a schoolroom or something to give back. And again, it never gets talked about because there's never any publicity about it. But um, the outfit Yacht Aid Global, which is a non-profit set up by a former CP Yacht captain, initially, I think, with the idea of helping with disaster relief, because yachts can get the last mile um, and get goods in there without taking away any resources from, from an island or somewhere that's been hit. Uh, but they've actually, I think, in the last 15 years that they've been operating, they say that more than 250 yachts have actually taken part in all sorts of different little community projects to give back to to places that they think are special. And uh, uh, so I think, that, you know, it, it's such a uh, there's such a wealth of kindness in this industry from yacht owners and from their crews that, that is just again, it's never makes the papers. It's never talked about. It's never um, heard of. So uh, that's what also what we're trying to do is to say, look, you know, that these people do have a heart. They do have a conscience and they do actually give something back. And the fact that they go to these places or the fact that they experience all these things with the ocean means that they're far more aware, um, not only of different cultures, but also of what those cultures need, of uh, of how they can be of assistance, of, you know, understanding more about marine mammal migration routes and, and therefore actually getting involved in ocean conservation. So so in, it's, um, it, it's also a, um, an accelerator of charitable giving, if you like, which is which is to the benefit of all of us. Right, right. 
Dylan, what would you say in terms of getting involved with the communities, whether it's from a um, an aid standpoint, say for a natural disaster or even the citizen science aspect? What what have you seen and what are the stories that owners have shared with you? I mean, I think Superios has a kind of a self-educating system because maybe the owner or um, the, the person who chartered the yacht, maybe they don't have uh, any interest or anything for ocean conservation or science or anything like that. But once they go to those remote places, they are impressed by it. And so that's why they they wanted to give it back something or they want to preserve it. So also it's it's same for their like children, their families. They educate their their families, their child going those areas, showing those remote places, the wildlife and everything. So it's it's a constant like self-education and they are coming back. They are doing lots of projects. They are initiating lots of projects. They are empowering their crew to do more. And also, um, they are, yeah, they are kind of contributing to a lot of things very silently. Um, and it's, it's very, uh, valuable to show this, uh, because also this creates some kind of community culture. Uh, this creates, this has an impact uh, of the, um, the other, um, owners or potential owners to show the super yachting is not only asset ownership, but it's the whole kind of, uh, experience, uh, involving lots of meaningful things in it. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Good point. I want to switch gears a little bit from um from talking about the the people side well actually it's still the people side to a certain degree but i want to talk about some of the technology um that's that's changing because this is this is also pretty interesting in general in society right now there's a lot of talk about sustainability and of course there's always a lot of talk about innovation um that's certainly going on in our industry in terms of propulsion and in terms of some of the other technical equipment on the yachts what I find so interesting, though, is that it's being customer driven. It's not it's it's obviously also coming from within the industry, but largely it's coming from the owners who are approaching the shipyards, approaching the designers and saying, what can we do? Um, they're they're more than, I would say, the driving force. They're the funding force. Right. To a certain degree. Um, what what would you say about that, Dylan? What would you say in terms of the message that the foundation is trying to get out about the sustainability efforts and, um, you know, other technological innovation. I mean, I will start with the very, you know, like basics, uh, the, the meaning behind it, the process behind it. And I will leave the uh, uh, leave it to Charlotte because she is a, a naval architect. <laughs> so she is always better at technological stuff than me but uh, i mean i just want to look at the um the process behind it the for the most of the owners the superyachting journey starts when the building process starts most of the time we think it's just a just a yeah nice tool not nice nice toy for like vacations and holidays but we see uh, that most of the owners they are very, very enthusiastic about the building process. And when we think about these owners, they are most of the time very successful business people, right? And uh, which means they want to reflect themselves on their yachts too. So they want to they want a yacht full of cutting edge technologies and innovations and um, lots of great stuff. 
So this leads us to um, to good and great technological uh, processes and discoveries. And of course, in these days, sustainability is a very hot topic in our industry. But I think this started like uh, this comes from the beginning. It was always there with with the owners and their desire to do uh, better. Um, because of these technological investments, we have lots of examples like that. The owner is paying lots of money to uh, to find something new to uh, solve lots of problems, and uh, then that's the, that's why I think super yachting industry is uh, Formula One of the whole maritime industry because we are uh, finding solutions, uh, and then we are, and then the whole maritime industry will is like uh, for for them to possible those solutions uh, as well um yeah and charlotte maybe you can give a couple of examples of owners and uh, technological advances from the past yeah i think um there's there's so much going on and there's so much development going on i always think back to um, I, I covered a boat called Ethereal back in 2009, I think it was launched, from the Royal Houseman Yard, um, a, a large sailing yacht, but it was built for um, Bill Joy, Silicon Valley um, graduate, who, uh, who who really wanted to push technological boundaries in terms of the s- sustainability of that yacht, um, including um, building and designing the boat to take fuel cells, which, of course, at the time were, were still a sort of um, a nascent technology. Um, and he uh, he put a lot of his own money into developing that technology. And although it didn't reach maturity by the time the boat was launched, it did sort of act as a catalyst for a lot of the uh, a lot of the fuel cell developments which have happened since then. And in fact, now you can actually go into not quite the superstore, but um, you can get hold of fuel cells to to for marine applications. I think they're starting to be fitted to. Um, a couple of projects which are currently in build now uh, and uh, and soon will hopefully be adopted by um, a much wider sector of the maritime industry, for example. So uh, just one example of, of where technologies are starting to evolve because of what super owners are either driving themselves or asking for. Uh, and I think um, a lot of the big super uh, builders and shipyards are looking at ways both to reduce their own footprints by installing solar panels on the roof of their build sheds to recycling wastewater to using biomass heating um, right through to even the materials that they use, uh, the design of their hulls to make them more efficient. Um, and uh, and this is all important because, of course, the next generation of yacht owners, whether they're old or young, it's not a generational thing. But in terms of, you know, the next swathe of yacht owners, I think are so much more conscious of this and conscious of the image that they project to the world by by what they own or what they buy and how it's built and how it runs, um, that it's becoming imperative that we develop these technologies. And and it really is something that, like you said, with the Formula One um, uh, parallel, that that the seaport industry is kind of at the pinnacle of that um, little mountain of leisure yachting, if you like, that that it has the resources and sometimes the design capability in order to address some of these challenges and find up uh, come up with solutions which then have a much broader uh a broader uh, scope of impact beyond the yachting industry mm-hmm. yeah yeah very good point you know we've talked a lot about the owners um so far and um i i want to make sure that we also talk about the crew 
because I know Super Yacht Crew are quite important to the Super Yacht Life Foundation. What are some of the ways that the foundation is striving to ensure that the overall culture includes them and pays attention to them? I mean, we always focus on the human side of super yachting, either it's crew or owners or the uh, professionals in the industry. So therefore, we cannot do uh, uh, without including uh, them uh, and we cannot explain our, our culture and community without them. So uh, we mostly try to engage with the crew. Uh, and showcase their unique experiences under the uh, our story pillar of humans of yachting. It's not only uh, crew stories, of course. It's uh, covering uh, lots of uh, other professionals as well. And also, we are trying to spotlight their experience in our social channel channels under the crew spotlight, under the crew spotlight concept. Um, it is um, very impressive to see that. Super yachting is home for not only owners, but also the crew working on board. Uh, we heard lots of amazing stories from lots of young people, from lots of old people working as a crew uh, on board. Uh, and I mean, we will continue to bring their stories up more because, yeah, that's that they are all very, very inspiring and very, uh, very different. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. definitely. You know, in the last few minutes we have left, I want to make sure that I also cover uh, this new award ceremony that the foundation is launching because it, it's really quite different, I would say, than anything else that exists in yachting right now. The uh, The award ceremony is called the Honors. Um, walk us through the mission for it, Dylan, if you can, and also the nomination process, because some of the people listening might be quite interested in nominating somebody. Yeah, sure. Um, the honors, as you said, it's an award ceremony and it's organized by Supiat Life Foundation and the Monica Yacht Show. Uh, we, we think the honors is an opportunity for all of us to uh, recognize all the good going on within the Supiatting. So that's why we organize this ceremony for not like the products for the yachts for the first time in, uh, in our history, but for the people itself. Uh, so the evening will highlight the uh, pioneering owners or uh, people at the heart of our business aiming to share uh, their inspiring stories with the world and uh, and yeah and um, and inspire the others actually so um, we we will choose three honorees and we will award and recognize and award these honorees during that night. Uh, and the, uh, before, of course, choosing uh, the honorees with the judging panel that we have, uh, we have now uh, online nomination. And this nomination is open to everyone. Anyone can nominate uh, the people dating that deserve this award. And um, and also when it comes to who can be nominated, uh, the nominee can be anyone involved in any area, as long as it demonstrates the exceptional uh, world of super yachting and the good that it can do. So it can be a scientist uh, doing groundbreaking uh, research on board or a deckhand who goes uh, above and beyond and uh, initiating uh, initiating uh, um, good things, good programs or um, 
yeah, disaster reliefs or anything like that on board. It can be a yacht owner as well. So there is no, you know, difference between a crew or the owner. In our eyes, it's it's uh, it's about people. Uh, it can be a yacht owner who has used their yacht for good causes. So it can be anyone. We don't have any categories and everyone is more than welcome to nominate um, uh, in our website, which is uh, www.honors.org. Very good. Charlotte, you know, you and I both go back a ways in uh, the journalism side of yachting. And, and I think um, it, it's not exaggerating by saying that this really is very people oriented and very different than a lot of the other awards that are very product oriented. Um, you know, what are you looking forward to seeing in terms of the nominees? Well, I, I think, um, you know, I, we, we, we do go back a long way. I'm embarrassed to say, I don't know how old I am now, but it feels like a long time. And, uh, <laughs> uh and I also, I worked as crew back in the nineties. Um, that shows you where I've come from. Um, after I did my neighborhood architecture, um, so, so I've sort of seen that that live facet of of the community of people uh, from the crew, from the shoreside support, from the design offices, from uh, uh, from the shipyards, uh, and and the owners themselves. And and I think that it, it kind of mirrors that idea of what we're trying to do with the Seapot Found Seapot uh, Life Foundation, which is to highlight the people. So I'm really excited to see just how diverse a selection of nominees we get, whether it is somebody from um, a shipyard who, who's done something amazing or whether it is an owner who clearly um, uh, has, has put a lot of effort into or empowered their crew to uh, to do something with charitable funds that they give them to disperse as they wish or uh, whether it is a science project or whether it is, um, you know, a deck hand or whether it is a chef maybe or who knows. It's it's so there's such a broad scape of who it could be. I'm, I'm just really excited to see um, uh, who comes in from this because, uh, a lot of what we do, which is uh, developing stories around people, you come across the most fascinating um, and interesting um, lives that are connected to or involved in yachting. And um, and I think that this is just going to throw up all sorts of uh, sort of light bulb moments of, of more of these great ordinary people who, who are um, central to the Supiot experience and who are doing incredible things. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a great note to end on. Thanks to you both for joining me on the podcast today. It's been a real pleasure learning more about what the Super Yacht Life Foundation is doing and um, especially to showcase the good differences that owners and crews and other individuals in the industry are certainly making. So thanks once again. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. It's been a real pleasure. Everyone, to learn more about the Super Yacht Life Foundation, you can visit their website, which is thesuperyachtlife.com. And as Dylan mentioned a moment ago, if you are interested in nominating someone for the honors, that website is thehonors.org, and honors is spelled H-O-N-O-U-R-S. For those of you who are Americans like me, who need a little reminder every now and then that we spell words differently. <laughs> <laughs> That wraps up this episode of Mega Yacht News Radio. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, I'm Diane Byrne. That wraps up this episode of Mega Yacht News Radio. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, please share the word on social media. And subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Audible, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. 
And, of course, to learn more about what's going on in the world of large yacht cruising, new construction, and design, check out our daily updated website, the award-winning MegaYachtNews.com. 